Okay, now if, if that clap was for our singing ability as a group, not the praise team, but our singing ability as a group, I could hear it. I could understand it. But if that clap was for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that wasn't much of a clap. Because when you think about what we were just singing, that is amazing. And no clap is good enough to give him thanks for that. Uh, only a life um, given back to him that he's redeemed uh, for all of us who believe. What a, what a blessing. And what a blessing the children were this morning. Not falling for my tactics. I thought for sure. And they gave me two right answers when I was expecting one wrong. I praise God. Thank you, parents, for the way you're, uh, way you're teaching them. Thank you, teachers, for the way you're teaching them. Uh, they, are, they are a blessing. And now, I'm going to confuse matters this morning, okay? Mark was pretty sure that we didn't have the right scripture verse this morning for the scripture reading. And he was exactly right, all right? So thank you, Mark, for catching that. He noticed the end of the passage had some subject matter that I wouldn't usually use for um, scripture reading because all the children are still in here. And it was sort of an adult theme, so we didn't read the last couple of verses that were, on the, that were on the screen, but the whole passage was wrong. Now, it still fits a little bit, as all the Bible does, but not as specifically as the one that I had selected. So, can you guys find Micah again? I know that was tough. Some of you gave up and didn't even, and didn't even keep going. You just did the screen. And so, I'm trying to encourage you not, if you have your Bibles, I'm trying to encourage you not to rely on the screen. That's for the people who forgot their Bibles or didn't know that we did Bibles here and they find out and they come back with their Bibles, you know, or online and they're not with their Bible where they're watching. But if you have your Bible or your device or whatever you use, turn back to Micah, but this time chapter 7, verses 1 through 7, okay? Mark always mentions in the scripture reading that later in the service, in the message, I'm going to refer to this and I wasn't going to be able to refer to the first part that we read earlier. But again, it's a great passage. A reminder of what we're going to be looking at this morning, but not as specific. So Micah chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 1. What misery is mine. I am, one, I am like one who gathers summer fruit at the gleaning of the vineyard. There is no cluster of grapes to eat. None of the early figs that I crave. The godly have been swept from the land. Not one upright man remains. All men lie in wait to shed blood. Each hunts his brother with a net. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. The ruler demands gifts. The judge accepts bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire. They all conspire together. The best of them is like a briar. The most upright, worse than a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman has come. The day God visits you. Now is the time of their confusion. Do not trust a neighbor. Put no confidence in a friend. Even with her who lies in your embrace, be careful of your words. For a son dishonors his father, a daughter rises up against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the members of his own household. But as for me, 
I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Hope in the midst of a very, very difficult time. A time worse than the time that we're experiencing right now. Only because our God has come. Because in some ways this passage has already been fulfilled. I'm so thankful. I was, I was just glorying this morning um, with, with my wife and son standing next to each other up here, you know, helping lead in praise. And I was just thinking, though none go with me, that's never been my story. I've, I've been singing that song my whole life, and, I, and, and I've never had to live out, though none go with me. Oh, I might have been alone for a moment and being, and, you know, and, and maybe being ridiculed or something for my, for my faith. But I always had somebody to go right back to, to pray for me, to encourage me, and those kind of things. There are plenty of people, even in our own country, depending on their circumstances, who literally have none to go with them. And they're living this life of Israel that Micah is condemning. But the the hope is still the same. And we're going to look at that hope this morning in the Son of God who's found in the, who we've been reading in in the Gospel of Mark about. So turn now to Mark chapter 11. We saw two weeks ago the triumphal entry of Jesus coming coming into Jerusalem, again, fulfilling this prophecy from Micah 7 as God came to visit. And he came into the city and they praised him. In a, in a wonderful way. And then he, went into, then he went into the temple, looked around. It was late. So he came back the next day. And so here we are the day after. This is, uh, this is um, the Monday after Palm Sunday. Verse 12. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Do you remember back in Micah 7? Though I crave the early figs. Listen to this. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem... Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. So Palm Monday. Jesus going back into the city, not as, not as triumphantly as he did before. He didn't have, didn't have the fanfare, didn't have the people worshiping him as he went in. But he went in. And as he's going, he looks for the early figs. Because 
fig trees before the, before the, growing, before the harvest season, before the, the, the fruit became ripe, had little edible buds on it. And if it, was, if it was in leaf, he was fully expecting there would be some of those edible buds, the early figs of Micah. But some trees, some trees, even though they looked like they should have some of those early buds, these did, they were, they were fully leafed out. Sometimes they didn't. And those figs that year would not produce any crop at all. They didn't have those early figs, those early buds. Well, Jesus, knowing what he'd written through Micah hundreds of years before, used this as an example to show what he was expecting out of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, his city, his town, the place that he dwelt in the Shekinah glory in those days of the temple in its glory. When all, when all of Israel would come and, and worship, first at the tabernacle in the city of David, then as Solomon built the temple in the temple, and then for years after that, this was his town. This was the place of his dwelling. But like in those days during Micah's time, the city was in a very similar situation. The country was in a very similar situation. It looked all right, but it wasn't. The people, while some believed when, when Jesus came, some believed when God, when God came to visit, but most didn't. Most rejected. Most were like that fig tree. It looked okay from a distance. But when it was fully examined, it was fruitless. And that is the picture of Israel when Jesus came. And then it looked even worse when he got to the temple. Now remember, he had checked out the temple. He knew they were doing it, but he, but he held off. There probably weren't as many people there as he wanted to be there when he was going to do what he did again. Because you remember, he had done this before. If you look in the Gospel of John, early in his ministry, he did this. And it didn't take, they didn't pay any attention to it. They went right back. Oh, it might have taken them some time. But they eventually went right back to business. And remember, it, it wasn't just business, although it wasn't the place for business anyway. But these people were ripping people off. They were, they were selling the sacrifices to people who couldn't afford it at high prices and, and, and exchanging their money at bad rates and all different kinds of things. They were, they were using the people, but it was all in the wrong place. It was a reminder that, like the fig tree, the temple looked like the right place, but it wasn't the right place because of who was in it. And so Jesus came as John 3.16, which, we, which we've been singing. He came to save. He didn't come to condemn, but he did announce that the condemnation was already on them because they would not believe. He still did what he had to do. He still, after all this, after, after he blew up the 
you know, the store, so to speak, with, it, with his actions. And, and this would have been, again, even though it was the second time, it still would have been shocking if you had been there. Going, going to church, so to speak, and, uh, you know, we would be shocked if somebody came in here and started throwing the tech, tech equipment around and throwing these, all this, I don't even know what this stuff is. I don't, know what to, I don't know what to call it, but, but, but throwing it around would be shocking. And it was shocking. But then what he said, that his house was supposed to be a prayer for all the nations. Well, there's coming a day when all the nations are going to gather in Jerusalem. And they are going to gather at the temple And it is going to be a house of all nations. But in the meantime, God has done something else. When he sent his Holy Spirit to live in those who believe and to be that temple, to be that house of prayer for the nations until that fulfillment, that literal fulfillment of that thousand-year reign when Jesus will reign on earth from the temple and it will be that temple it will be that house of prayer for all the nations in the meantime we get to do that and what a blessing it is to be the temple of God to be the house of God we can ask ourselves this morning as the Israelites the Jerusalemites should have been asking themselves, as the apostles should have been asking themselves when they were kind of scratching their head about this, t- this fig tree, what is going on here? Apparently, the Micah 7, 1 through 7 bell wasn't ringing when he said that. Oh, it rang later. But it should have caught their attention when he cursed that tree when, when he said in Micah 7 that he was craving the young figs. He was craving the fruit of his city. And I think he's still craving the fruit of his house. And this is where we get to ask ourselves this morning. Is he finding fruit here? Is he finding the fruit that he's looking for here? Do we even ask ourselves very often, am I using this temple the way he wants me to? Now, you're here this morning, and I just want to remind you, you made a good decision this morning. Because using this temple to worship Almighty God is one of the things that he's looking for. Do you remember what Jesus told his disciples? He said, I'm looking for worshipers. I'm looking for people who use their temple in the right way. I'm looking for worshipers. I'm looking for people who will praise me. 
you made a, a wise decision. I know there were many other things that you could have done this morning. I know that there are some very, very attractive brunch menus all around, all around this area. All right. I know there are some wonderful golf courses all around this area. I know there are beautiful gardens to visit. I know there are all kinds of great other things that we can do. And I also know that we can worship God in all of those. But there's nothing like this. There's nothing like a bunch of us getting together and using these temples to praise our worthy God. That is the right use of these temples. Not to put any of those other things down. But on a Sunday morning, Resurrection Day, the day that we remember, not just at Easter, but every Sunday that Jesus rose from the dead, is there anything better to do than this? And then, to consider what else we've done as we've been praising him this morning with these temples, that we've also been praying. And we've prayed a lot this morning. When, you know, we, we, we normally pray pretty much, but then when we have a special person like Luke coming up, you know, to share his ministry, and, and we, we prayed some more. And we're going to pray again. After this, you know, I'm going to pray at the end of the message, and somebody else is going to lead us in prayer at the end of this. We're still going to do some more praying. That's what we do. Because we are the temple of God if we've put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we allow it to be a den of robbers. Just as the, the literal temple was being made that, to, be, to be that way, we also can do the same thing. We, we can rob the one who deserves the glory from these bodies. We can rob him of that glory by using it for other purposes. Do you ever use stuff that your parents gave you for wrong purposes? You know, for, for example, I often used a basketball as a weapon against my brother as opposed to a, 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 a thing to shoot. And that didn't, that didn't please him. My mom especially. That's when, you know, and because what happened after I threw it, that's, that's when the real damage happened. Because then he, you know, he would do it... With, he would do what was necessary, you know? And then mom would get involved because she heard it, heard me. And it was always the same, the same phrase. If we, wouldn't come, if we wouldn't come around quickly, wait till your dad gets home. Some of you heard that. You, you, didn't hear our, you didn't hear our mom saying it. You heard your mom saying that. Wait till your dad gets home. And Micah 7 So wait till, wait till God visits us. What's he going to find? And what did he find when he visited? The Apostle John said it in chapter 1 of his, of his gospel. Though he came into his own, his own did not receive him. But to those who received him, because some did, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that is why we're here this morning. Because he did that. He did come to visit. He came to do what he said he would do. He announced this judgment 
first through the fig tree, then in the temple. He announced the judgment that was coming if they wouldn't believe, but he also did what had to be done so that those who did believe could become his children. He went on, even though they were rejecting him at every turn, he went on to the cross. He died there. We were singing about that this morning. We believe in the crucifixion. He went on to the cross because he knew that we needed him and only him to do that. He was our only chance. And so he did it because he so loved the world. He's our only chance. And he died on the cross. And he rose again victorious over death, over sin, and made the promise that all of us who believe in him would be forgiven of our sins by the power of the Holy Spirit himself coming into our lives. And not only forgiving us of our sins, but empowering us to live our lives for his glory. Empowering us to to do what you're doing this morning. You didn't get here under your own strength. You had lots of obstacles you had to overcome to get here this morning. And he gave you the strength. He gave you the the determination. There may have been a car or two that turned around. Because those car rides can be pretty rough. But almost all of us that set out to be here this morning, we made it. Because the Holy Spirit enables us to do the things that he wants us to do. And it's not just Sunday mornings. It's being fruitful fig trees every day. It's being the temple that's dedicated to being a house of prayer for all nations every day. And so, for believers in Jesus this morning, let's be thankful for his commitment. Let's be thankful for his love. Let's be thankful for his determination not to give up, not to quit, but to go all the way to the cross. If we're not a believer in the Lord Jesus this morning, listen to the warning. Listen to the first century warning to Jerusalem. Take that warning to heart in your own life. He wants you to be fruitful. He's looking for fruit in your life and you can't bear fruit without him. He's looking for you to be his temple. He wants to live in you. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to give you hope for eternity. He wants to make your life count for eternity. Ask him to come into your life. Receive him, as John put it. Believe in him and what he did for you, that you might become a child of God. Children of God, let's be fruitful. Let's use these temples for what God intended them to be used for. Praise God you're doing that this morning. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your patience with us. You've shown your patience from the moment Adam and Eve sinned and all of us followed suit. You showed your patience to the Canaanites and waited and waited and waited for them to repent before you brought judgment. You showed your patience 
to Sodom and Gomorrah and waited and waited and waited for them to repent. You showed your patience with Israel and waited and waited and waited for them to repent before you brought judgment. Our Heavenly Father, you've shown your patience with us. And you provided for us a Savior. Your Son, the Lord Jesus, the only one who can forgive us of our sins. The only one who can give us the promise of eternal life. We thank you for your patience this morning. Father, you've been patient with all of us, but Father, some haven't come to receive you yet. Remind them that you're serious. Remind them that their sin will be judged either on the cross of Jesus or in their own life and death. Help them. Give them the faith to say yes to Jesus. To receive from him the work that he did for them on the cross. The work that he did for them in his resurrection. And Father, help all of us who believe to use these temples to be the fruitful children of God that you've made us to be. Help us to be more concerned with what you want than with what we want. And help us to remember that in eternity we'll be so glad that we did. We pray it in Jesus' name.